0: Watch any of the science fiction movies, you will see people flying around the cities. You will see people using all three dimensions for commuting, for uh, moving from one place to another. This is going to happen.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Kevin Rustagi with Up Up, a podcast about resilience and going after your dreams. Today I'm joined by Balat. Balat. Actually, can you can you say your name correctly for me?
0: Uh, you're you're quite uh doing quite well. It's Bolage.
1: Great, Bolage. Yeah. Bolage, what's your last name again?
0: Uh Kerülü. Kerülü. K E R U L Ö. Yeah. Okay. But everybody in the states just called me B. That was a time when I was uh 19 and I had a semester at the uh, KU in Kansas. Nobody could uh, uh pronounce my name right, so I just let them call me B at the end. That worked out well, quite well.
1: There you go. There you go. So Balaj is the lead engineer for Lift Aircraft, a company that actually Belaj, why don't why don't you explain what Lift Aircraft is doing?
0: Uh, lift Aircraft is uh, a company to lift people. Uh, it's it's in its name. Uh, we are about to introduce uh, manned multicopter technology in the near future. We are already uh, testing the technology. And uh, our our vision is, uh, uh, we'll let everyone uh, fly, whether they have uh, a pilot's license or not.
1: That's pretty dramatic. So, for our listeners, basically, this is a, uh, as as Balazs said, a manned multi-copter, a manned multi-rotor. This is a what would be classified as an ultralight, which is a very light aircraft. Uh, and full disclosure, I'm working with Lift Aircraft this summer and. Um, it's very exciting. It's a, yeah, I've seen it with my own eyes and this is uh, kind of I almost think of it as a drone for people.
0: It is like a drone for for people uh, except that it's uh, uh, if you call a unmanned uh, air vehicle a drone that it's uh, it's more like an, an aircraft uh, uh, legally so That's there right. is someone on, on board flying it so it's a manned uh, vehicle, but uh, it uses uh, uh, a lot of drone technology, so we may as well call it a drone.
1: Sure, sure. So it uh, kind of looks a little bit like a helicopter, but with a lot of different motors and propellers.
0: Yes, yes. It's called uh, a distributed propulsion system.
1: Yeah. Well, it's been it's been wonderful. I've gotten to lo- to Blaz here this summer, and. Um, would love to hear a little bit more about your background in history, uh, what intrigues you about this space, and then also some some questions about Lyft as well.
0: All right. Well, uh, I don't know where to start. Maybe I was born in 1978 in Hungary, back in the socialism era, where, where uh, my father was an engineer, and my mother was a teacher. and. Uh, I lived in that era for like uh, my teenage so I would I would uh, if I recall well it was I was uh, 12 when the socialism ended so I've got some nice stories from back then uh, and I was uh, uh exposed to uh, computers let's say earlier than most of my classmates or my friends uh because my father was a like a secret entrepreneur so they actually a
1: secret entrepreneur
0: yeah they yeah. actually smuggled a commodore 64 together with my mom from uh, from austria into hungary because in those times it was a forbidden item in you hungary you could could have bought it uh, f- uh, from uh, behind the uh, below the counter yeah but it was uh, since it was Forbidden it was super uh, expensive, uh, like maybe two years of salary uh, in Hungary. So what they did is that they took our car and went to uh, Austria for camping and they uh, were on super low budget for mm. one week because they needed that that full week to be able to uh, bring uh, uh, the sufficient amount of uh Currency.
1: So they would count. They would count the amount of currency you had yeah. as you left the country and then yeah. entered back in. Yeah.
0: So the car. So they went there and uh, bought a Commodore sixty four and smuggled it in under the. I think it was under under the seat of the car. Wow. And uh, my father started a small a uh, company uh, using it. Uh, he was uh, he did some programming for. Uh, my hometown's uh, hospitals. So they kept using my father's software for a couple of years Mm. from, from that time. And I had uh, the chance to actually see how the computer works and I had the chance to learn basic, uh, the programming language in the age of like eight. So uh, (laughs) at that time, nobody in my vicinity had anything like a computer.
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, I've got to drop back here. It's a big risk to get the computer in the first place. Did did your parents know what kind of? And I guess I could ask what what kind of risk were they taking?
0: Well, uh, Hungary was uh, the best of all. I mean, uh, socialism was wasn't that harsh in in Hungary. Mm. There were some rules, but uh, uh, there was some shortage. But you know, any everybody had uh, had. Uh, Employment. Maybe they did not. Some some people did not make uh, uh, too much added value at the end. But there was nothing like unemployment, uh, at least officially. Um, and uh, there were no free elections. But otherwise, uh, we do we did uh, all the uh, tricks to to uh, keep alive and survive and uh, try to adapt. To the situation, and there was no. It wasn't really a harsh time. It was like just a a, a time with with a lot of constraints, probably. Uh, Mm. But uh, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't call it uh, a risky thing. Uh, They might have some. uh, They might have had some um, some risk, but uh, I think it was okay. Like they. The the hospital was actually using my father's software. They, yeah. He was he got paid for this officially, so right. uh, nobody asked where the, where his computer is from. <laughs> sure. I mean, they all knew that uh, that it's it must must uh, have uh, been uh, from from another country, but nobody asked this question because that was an unpolite question at those times. But uh, mm. that was all, all it all of it.
1: Wow. So I think one of the things we're getting into and i i want to hear a little bit more about what you did with the computer as well it seems like it seems like there were there were workarounds that had to be done and 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 you i think you've made it very clear as well in our as well as in our conversations that amongst the soviet socialist republics amongst the different eastern bloc countries Uh, Hungary actually didn't have it as hard as some of the other countries, right,
0: with
1: starvation and these things?
0: That's right. Uh, They called us the happiest barrack of all. That was our name.
1: (sighs) The happiest barrack? The
0: happiest barrack, yeah. Wow. That was Hungary.
1: Yeah, yeah. And at one point, Hungary tried to push out the Soviets, tried to overthrow. Earlier, is this not true?
0: Yeah, it was... uh, it was in 1956. That was a, that was a rebellion in, uh, uh, in, uh, in Hungary. We wanted to uh, get the Soviets out, but it uh, did not work out well. Uh, but still, since then, we, we celebrate that day, uh, the 23rd of October, uh, as the Rebellion's Day of 1956. So uh, we still have that in history. We stood up at, at those times, but uh, but uh, the Soviets were stronger, which is quite obvious. like <laughs> they are a huge, huge nation compared to Hungary.
1: They did have you know nuclear missiles and things like this too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that, that's hard. I wanted to ask, do you think so you've been an entrepreneur for, for our audience. Uh, Blas has been an entrepreneur not only in Hungary but as well as with, with lift aircraft. Um, now, how do you think growing up in the Soviet Union did or didn't affect your view on something like entrepreneurship?
0: Well, I did grow up in Hungary, which was not a part of the Soviet Union, but uh, ah, but still... You. Uh, um, it, yeah. Entrepreneurship, I think it comes from, uh, from the state of the mind, uh, so you may as well be entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, even if uh, there is nothing like entrepreneurship or sole proprietorship in your country. Yeah, uh, because there are several ways to to be an entrepreneur. Uh, if you don't do it for business, you can uh, you can go and innovate, for example, on uh, like invent things uh, and uh, try to make uh, use of those things that you invented. Mm. Uh, and uh, like from this. Uh, aspect i would say we had just as many entrepreneurs and as uh, anyone or any other country because there are creative people there are daring people you know all all around the world who propel the society this or that way it uh uh, there there was innovation in the soviet union there was innovation in hungary there has Mm. already always been uh, uh have always been things like that uh but we did not call them entrepreneurs. We we called them uh, I don't know scientists, let's say. Mm. Uh, we got in 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 that era. Uh, Hungary has had a very strong uh, uh, higher education. Like we we uh, were selected to uh, for donation by by uh, the country by excellence so there were a lot of a uh, lot of places in universities uh, you could get into by solely by excellence no matter how many or how much money your parents made or how mm. good contacts you had and uh and that's uh that made uh, a lot of uh, um, well-educated people at the end the the bad thing of it was that sometimes this was not in line with the demand of the society. So at at some point, we, because Hungary was told, uh, or was said to be the uh, country of uh, heavy industry. We were the country of uh, uh, iron and steel
1: Uh, without having,
0: yeah, that was a central planning from the Soviet Union. And Hungary is going to get the role of uh, being the country of iron and steel. But uh, there was uh, no real. um, reasoning behind it so we did not have too much of uh, ore. we did not have too much of uh, energy we did not have too much of uh, of anything like that but they just started to open uh, university places for people uh, uh, dealing with like engineers like heavy industry engineers uh, sure and uh so there was some there was there was a time in Hungary when we had a lot of heavy industrial engineers without uh, having the possibility for them to um, to get employment or get an uh, a job that actually makes value yeah, but they were smart like hell I mean you know, <laughs> they had all the the possibilities to get the the experience, at least the theoretical experience, and when it came to uh, the practice, it got got harsh.
1: Mm. When you when you say how it, when it came to practice, you're simply saying there weren't actually those opportunities.
0: Yeah, there were much more uh, educated people at some uh, industries than opportunities.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it seems like this kind of somewhat meritocracy in terms of getting into school, but also then a question of what do you do with with those skills? Um and also thank you Hungary of course was not in the Soviet Union, but we could say it was in the Soviet bloc. It was
0: perhaps. yeah, it was in the Soviet bloc, so There we go. Yeah, that's uh that's right. So we had a lot of common uh things with the Soviet Union. For like me, I had to uh, learn uh, Russian for for one year, Mm. uh, which could have been more, but uh, I was the last of the generation, uh, probably, so I only had one year. But there are still the... uh, uh, I've got uh, a lot of people in Hungary who who still speak somewhat, to some extent, Russian, because they learned Russian that was obligatory for like 10 years or so and we had to go uh and uh, uh uh get uh into the pioneers uh um group so we we were pioneers that was that was it's it's something like boy scouts but sure. it was more more politically um focused focused so yeah it was it was an interesting
1: time back then I have to ask what did you do with the with the computer
0: me uh I mm, had the uh, some software written uh like very basic ones so it just i
1: and this is took, software software you were writing
0: yeah I just wrote some uh software that uh that put the uh, my name on on the on the screen blinking or you know <laughs> my my brother's name or i uh, some jokes about my brother and we were joking on uh, uh on each other using the computer uh, and then later on when it uh, when i uh, we got a floppy drive so i managed to get some some games on floppies
1: yeah and uh, these are 5 and a quarter floppy disks
0: yeah yeah five and a quarter floppy disks and uh, uh there were possible it was possible at, at uh after after a time that you could order uh games on those on those floppy disks you actually had to put your money into an envelope sent the envelope <laughs> with a uh, letter of what you want and uh after after like a couple of weeks but it took really yeah it practically took, took weeks to to get the get the software you wanted and I I always went for flight simulators. I was already a flight enthusiast at those times. Mm. And I still recall I had like a software that took uh, five disks and one of and and I had to wait for like a month uh, and I used all my pocket money on it. (laughs) And one of the disks was corrupted. So Ah. I couldn't use it. So I had to send it back and had another week for for another month uh, of waiting. But then I got the software and, and and I managed to to play it and uh, uh, you know it was it sounds bad but uh, looking back uh, it has it it had its uh, uh, beauty like I knew that I'm I'm waiting for something that will come and the waiting itself was already enlightening or uh, how would I say yeah it was uh, looking back it was those were fun times and when I got it you know I just took the whole weekend. Start playing with it, and uh, back back in those times, we actually appreciated these things a bit, a bit more because sure. of the sole fact that we had to wait for them so much.
1: <laughs> it's not an app that you can just download.
0: Yeah, it's not like you got on the internet and download something. It's uh, those times, but it's it's not just for Hungary. I think back then sure. it was uh, the <clears throat> the only way to get software but i got pretty much uh, into uh flying and aviation those times
1: what what do you think drew you to aviation in the first place uh excuse me what what do you think sparked that that interest initially in flying in aviation yeah i was uh
0: we were living close to an airport a small airfield ah. and i saw small airplanes uh Going around uh, day by day, aerobatics, sailplanes all around, uh, and I just you know, I hear their their sound, uh, and I thought i w- I want to see the the world well, from that perspective uh, in my age of I don't know five already. <laughs> and then I got some flight simulators on on the uh, five and a quarter floppy disks, and and I really totally got into it. Uh, by the sensation of being a pilot. So I always wanted, to, uh, since then, I always wanted to be a pilot.
1: When did you become a pilot?
0: Quite late, actually. Uh, when I uh, finished my high school, I could have had the opportunity to go to a pilot school, which was uh, uh, donated by uh, by the government, but uh, only six uh, uh, applicants were admitted uh, on an excellence basis mm. because it was quite uh, you know to get a trained pilot is quite quite expensive you have to invest into a lot of flight hours and and things like that but uh, back then it was 1997 uh, I went to an open day and they said well yeah it's you know the first six is going to be admitted you have to excel like to the high end you have to be you have to have the best grades of all across the board yeah across the board and uh, and there were more like more than uh, 300 applicants so and nobody in my nobody in my family had uh, ever had anything with uh, uh, with flying so we we, we are not a, a traditional Pilot family or anything. And uh, they said at those times that it was, at those times, it was quite hard to get get employment uh, because there was one Hungarian airline that was the flagship airline of Hungary, Mm. it was called Malev. And uh, I don't know, five out of that six uh, candidates uh, that actually got admitted had somebody working at Malev. So they had, I would call, Contacts to to get into the company to actually fly. One uh, once to you get your once they got their uh, their pilot's license. So I actually gave up those at th- that th- at that time. But then I went to a university that was about communication. And when I finished, I uh, was thinking about uh, studying anything further, and I just took the list and. Uh, I saw. Hey, there's the possibility of uh, it, they still have this open, uh, and I uh, told myself that okay, I will try. I'll, I will apply. If I manage, uh, if and, I, and if I get admitted, then this is a sign. If not, mm. I won't die without trying it. Right. So, sure. uh, so I uh, applied for it. It took some. Learning, so I had to take uh, retake some tests, and uh, I got got admitted in in that uh, uh, six people. So, like, I technically dropped everything else, and I said, "Okay, this is my this is my way. It is actually happening. I'm going to become a pilot." And it was not just a pilot school; Uh, it was a a, an aircraft engineering school. So, Mm. besides the pilot's license, we all got engineering degrees uh, because that's how the Hungarian government could uh, donate this whole thing. Mm. It is actually interesting because it was, it was uh, in my hometown, that was the eastern part of Hungary, that was the uh, county capital that is the farthest from uh, the uh, the former uh, iron fence. So mm. that was uh, the reason why it's another... Uh, Interesting fact from history that the reason why they actually uh uh formed a school uh so far east of Hungary instead of doing it in Away Budapest.
1: The Iron Curtain.
0: Yeah, because yeah. we did not or uh, they did not uh, want uh, pilots or uh, candidates to desert through the Iron Curtain via uh by air airplanes. Yep. So uh it was a historical thing but it's still there so they still uh, train pilots mostly for for uh airlines yeah so i got uh got admitted i had uh, a few years of uh, of my my living my dreams you know mm-hmm. got trained uh we flew a lot we learned a lot uh, we had fun um and uh that's how I got fully totally into aviation.
1: What was one of the most fun times you had flying
0: uh,
1: i since
0: i I knew uh, that this is this was my way, I was learning uh, uh, tried to try to uh, learn quite well so I had good grades and uh, we had a a teacher who was also a helicopter pilot so like an agricultural pilot okay and uh he made a contest saying that the, the uh the student of the that semester will be taken to agricultural uh flights uh with his helicopter mm. uh, and uh, we I, I was i was the best student of that semester so uh I had some some flights with him on on a, a very old Kamov. Uh, uh, it was a Russian. I, I think it's the, the ugliest helicopter of the world. <laughs> but uh, it was a it was a Kamov uh, twenty twenty six, uh, and we flew agricultural uh, flights over little villages of the Hungarian hills uh, hmm.
1: uh,
0: during dusk. And uh, I will just never forget that we are actually low passing a lot of uh, um, Hungarian villages. Uh, uh that's uh that was that was a beautiful experience of uh of flying and i was piloting the helicopter on and uh, uh i did not uh i was never trained never a trained uh, uh helicopter pilot so i can't hover a helicopter but sure. you know like after gathering uh, getting some speed uh the the control was given over so i could you know low you know low past those villages i was fam
1: maneuver yeah. yeah. I just want to be clear for anyone who's listening. Uh, there might be a little bit of noise. It is during the workday. Uh, we're here at the office and uh, we've got some folks around doing some things. We're downtown here in Austin, Texas. Um, wonderful. So it, you know, we've got you growing up in the Soviet block. You've got a smuggled computer. You've learned to code. You end up uh, making it into this very challenging program where you not only learn to fly, and I, I want to be clear, it's actually flying a plane is different from engineering a plane. These are two distinct things.
0: That's correct. I was always always interested in how things work, and uh, and uh, that stands for aviation as well. So I really wanted to know why a an aircraft has. Uh, Swap wings for example why do they sweep yeah. the wings It that uh, it would would be easier to make them straight right mm. and they they do sweep it what's the reason behind yep. what's the reason behind the flaps what's the reason behind the uh i don't know the uh um, duplicated controls in the uh yep. in in the cockpit so there were so many questions uh regarding airports regarding uh Aircraft, and uh, those questions got answered when I started to to study, actually engineering. So I mm. I enjoyed the engineering classes just as much as flying.
1: That's amazing. I mean, it's kind of both. You know, you're physically experiencing the aircraft, and then also considering how to build it. Yeah. I wanted to uh, to pivot here now and talk a little bit about your work much later in Hungary. Um, you worked on a flying. Should I call it a flying motorcycle? Is that?
0: Yeah, correct. That's name? how they called it in Hungary for okay. a, for a, for long. That that was a Hungarian flying bike. or course, that was that was its name. Uh, yeah. Um, someone just said it's not possible. You know, and if you uh, at that those time, I was working for a uh, research. Uh, Institute, full of engineers and researchers, and you know, if you say, you tell something like this to engineers and researchers, <laughs> they'll, they'll fully uh, take it as a challenge. Yep. And uh, we just sat down with a few of, uh, uh, of my colleagues and started to put equations on paper, and we said, hey, these equations say it. So there's nothing against. Uh, it on paper at least so sure and when you get there you you already start thinking about how to uh, make a proof of concept and and uh, yeah we got some uh, money for that and uh, had some strict deadlines so we we actually built it we took the risk because that that was a the challenge itself was like if we could uh, manage to get it flying with a man on board within 3 months then uh, the financing will stay with us if not sure then uh, then we we'll have to uh, pay the money back so that that seems was, like
1: a pretty tight timeline i haven't I built was, a flying bike before but yeah
0: so uh, we did not really care about how it looks we did not really care about anything except that it should be Light enough, and it should hover in the air with one man on board. Mm. So I was the only one at, at those times with uh, any aviation background. So I was the one selected to actually sit on it. Uh, this is how I became maybe the first Hungarian to to ride a a, a drone. Let's call it, let's call it a drone.
1: Sure, sure, a man manned multi rotor. Yeah, um, yeah, mega drone, perhaps. Um, so from, from there, and, and I know there's, there's more detail than perhaps we, we have time to go into, but from there, um, you know, I know there was, uh, an experience where you ended up walking away from the project, which is called flight. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned in some of our conversations earlier that, you know, in Hungary, there isn't perhaps, uh, more of, uh, maybe we'll call it a Silicon Valley mindset of, of fail fast or maybe fail at all. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and how it affected you?
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, it, is, uh, it is different in Hungary uh, and also I think in the Eastern blocs uh, or the Eastern countries, Eastern European countries. It's still like if you fail once, you actually failed. Uh, that's costed, it. That's it. And, uh, and uh, it's... it's uh, it's hard to uh uh to get up from there.
1: Uh, Specifically with entrepreneurship we're talking about. If you yes, try to start yes. an enterprise. Yes.
0: Uh, so if you're like a serial entrepreneur, it has a bad uh uh meaning in Hungary, like a second meaning. Uh, if you're if you're Syrian, why why are you a Syrian entrepreneur? You're you keep <laughs> failing in entrepreneurship or what? So sure. Yeah, uh, it's uh it's not a not a good term uh, to to use in in, in Hungary. And uh, uh, right now it's 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 changing slowly. But still, uh, when I quit uh, the flag project, uh, I got this question from from everybody that Hey, do you consider yourself as a as a failed uh, engineer or a failed entrepreneur?" I said, "Well." I don't think so. I'm 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 failing. I I know much I'm much stronger and I know much more about this whole technology than than before.
1: Mm. Right? Yeah, to fail I, to learn, right? Yeah, you're you're progressing yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah.
0: Besides the technology itself uh uh was uh, was proven. Uh what we were failing with is more like the business model. We did not uh, really have a business mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were a group of engineers and uh what was missing from the project is uh is a, a viable business model. we had ideas to sell it to uh later on to the Middle East or somebody who will just buy it, you know. Sure. Uh for fun, but uh there was no real real concept behind. So uh it was meant to be meant to fail. But uh but we we've learned a lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh engineering out of it for sure
1: yeah a ton of a ton of lessons you know it's kind of um i think there's a great michael jordan quote out there about how many you know shots he's missed and how many game winning points he's missed and how many times he's failed and he says and and that's why i succeed yeah that's the kind of the you know, there's all that experience that stays with you, regardless of what what the actual specific outcome of the project was.
0: That's right. I think it's uh, this mindset is changing already in Hungary. So, mm. uh, but it takes some time. It take, will take some time. I think the next generation, like my kids, will uh, can be called the Syrian entrepreneurs without uh, Stigma. the bad, yeah, without the bad. Uh, second meaning of of the term.
1: Yeah. 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 It's interesting how often culture will define these secondary meanings.
0: Yeah.
1: I want to ask in the the few minutes we have left and I. I want to ask some of your perspective, not only on on Lyft and what Lyft is doing, but also on uh, and and for our listeners, L-I-F-T, not L-Y-F-T, important spelling. distinction to make. That's right. <laughs> with, um, what what drew you to begin again with Lyft? What, what is exciting about this project? What drives you to wake up in the morning and work on uh, what has, you know, from the early days of flight now become this kind of evolution to more of a, a passenger drone that the public will be able to fly?
0: well i think uh people have to contribute uh to the uh, generic knowledge of mankind i would say with with what they know and uh, uh these days i tend to tend to feel that what we know the the engineers working from hungary in the team is uh is meant drone technology I mean we we may have some advanced knowledge uh, uh, I would call it experience Mm. a lot of lessons learned lots of uh, how not to do it lessons right so that's also that's also important because if you came back from from uh, uh, one street uh, like that it was a dead end you don't go back anymore and that (laughs) can that can be uh, uh, leveraged by by companies like Lyft uh, and uh, i the reason I really like this uh, this job is that uh, that uh, you know nature is uh, is uh, equals justice i would say
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so you can't trick nature out by having good connections or having a lot of money if you sure. can't, if you can't make something fly uh, then it won't fly yeah. you can do <laughs> anything yeah. uh, you can ask. Others to help you out. You can uh, lobby, but it just won't fly because you can't trick gravity out. And mm-hmm. uh, and when it's when it, when when you get to success, so you the, the just because of this uh, natural justice, I would call uh, when when you're successful uh, and when you succeed in what you're doing, you actually get that thing flying that's an unquestionable success because people see that it flies and uh mm. and uh, uh as the judge is not other people not the society not cultural differences uh it's uh, it's nature judging you and it's uh it's it's uh, I think I I really love the beauty of this thing mm. uh, and uh this is so challenging this is uh this is so uplifting that uh, that I want to do it uh, as much uh, as long as as I can, for
1: sure. Yeah, to make it to make it happen, you know, it sounds like you've got this um, this situation really where your your challenge is to fight the gravitational pull of the Earth. Yeah. Right. Which is very much I've been reading about the Wright brothers early days. And obviously there were there were others like Lilienthal and and others um, but a lot of the folks at Kitty Hawk thought, well, these guys are crazy, yeah, who are they and they they came to admire them for their hard work and their diligence that they kept coming back and and working on it and figuring it out and at the end of the day, regardless of whether people thought they were crazy or not, the question was, can it fly?
0: yeah. I think uh, in 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 our case it's not uh, the question is not anymore that whether it can fly or not because sure. uh technology is so that you can actually put a flying drone technology based flying multi rotor in your garage i so, saw yeah uh you can you can uh, look up youtube and you will find a lot of video uh, with people flying the drone like multicopters. Uh, there is one from Germany, they they actually uh, uh, assembled a flying uh, bathtub. <laughs> so there are some motors okay. on the on the bathtub so they could uh, take off with it, uh, took it to the closest uh, restaurant, they had lunch and flew back home with it. Uh, so it's it's not rocket science anymore. You can do it out of off the shaft components the the uh, uh, but the the, the main uh, differentiator here is what happens if something goes wrong like you use yeah. uh, you lose one of the motors uh will it still be resilient will it still uh, be flying will it save its pilots uh, and that's that's the big that's the big deal that's where uh, the the uh, garage projects uh, differentiate from uh, from from professional engineering.
1: Yeah, yeah. What happens when things go wrong?
0: What happens when things go wrong, right? And uh, can we still provide a a viable flight time? Like, if you have to add a lot of weight because of safety, because of resilience, because of Sure. the need for being redundant. Uh, will you still be able to fly sufficient time uh, to make it valuable or viable uh, based on your business model or compared to your business model or not? And that that's, that's the tricky part. Can we stay ultralight? Can we uh, have everybody uh, flying this aircraft in the United States because of the possibility of flying ultralights without a... A, a pilot's license, uh, or not, because if we are just like one uh, pound over the uh, the limit, then we are uh, we we are losing most of of of
1: of uh, uh, our our audience. Sure, sure, right. I mean, and, and just for our listeners again, you know, so while Belas and I are both certified pilots. Uh, the barrier to entry for that is quite high, I would say. Yes. You know, uh, in the United States, it's going to cost ballpark at least ten thousand dollars. You know, minimum flight time of forty hours, but you've got all kinds of extra time added onto that. So I would say total, really spending a couple hundred hours of time, really learning and, and understanding, and then of course flying itself. Um, I think what's unique, what's unique about Lyft as well, <coughs> excuse me. Is that with ultralights in the United States you don't need a pilot's license. That That's said, right. there are there are a lot of safety measures. A, a pilot on the ground um, who who can remotely fly as well
0: yeah. um, can take over if needed. Mm. So uh, yes, the, the challenge here is to uh, to provide a safe. Uh, experience that still has the thrill of flying, uh, yeah.
1: To still capture that, yes. Um, I read an Emil Amelia Earhart quote the other day, which is, You haven't seen a tree until you've seen its shadow from the sky.
0: Hmm, I never heard that, but that's 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 true. That's uh, that bird's eye view. Uh, Adds so much to uh, to life, I would say. Uh, I think most of the pli- pilots, uh, uh, I'm, I'm quite sure, all of the pilots love their pilot love their job when they are piloting yeah. uh, an aircraft because of the freedom you can experience, uh, and you can't really experience it by any other activities on Earth.
1: Yeah, it's so funny how often we'll say, "Oh, it felt like I was flying." And well, flying feels like you're flying.
0: Yeah, it is pretty much to the point.
1: I wanted to ask uh, now that we're we're getting close to wrapping up here, uh, some questions about the future. You know, and I'm going to go a little bit long out here. So twenty, thirty, fifty years out, where do you see the future of this technology headed?
0: Well, I think. Uh... All the technological enablers are already here, so maybe we we could uh, have some better uh, or higher energy density battery technology uh, coming up, not that far from now. Uh, But the social uh, aspects need to be taken into consideration as well, so when we'll have a, a category for manned ultra uh, or not ultralight but manned multirotor aircraft Uh, will we have uh, air taxis uh, in the next five years or 10 years or will it take another 30 years but if you watch any of the science fiction movies Mm -hmm. you you will see people flying around the cities you you will see people using all three dimensions for commuting for uh, uh Moving from one place to another, Uh, so it's—I would say—it's in the uh, how would I how would I phrase Uh, it—in the collective uh, uh, unconsciousness of mankind that this is going to happen,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, it's deep, kind of in the back of our, yeah, the collective unconsciousness of mankind. That it will happen, right? It's something. I mean, if you go watch Star Wars,
0: yeah, like from uh, from the twenties, uh, or even even uh, uh, before, uh, we had science fiction literature. We had movies uh, already uh, uh, trying to picture the future, and all of these movies go with with flying uh, vehicles uh flying personal vehicles uh or i don't know anti-gravity pods or sure. whatever <laughs> flying but, saucers yeah whatever but still uh, uh it's i think it's in the faith of uh, of mankind that it's it's going to happen uh, and, and and i do believe that we are one step away from breaking all the tec- technical barriers and we just have to uh Make sure we do the right legislation that uh, helps keeping it safe without letting it go loose. Sure. Uh, but still does not prevent, but encourages uh, advancement towards uh, this collective vision of mankind, right? Of having personal aerial vehicles all around.
1: Yeah, yeah. So finding that balance between safety course, which is extremely important, and innovation, which is also important. Yes. You know?
0: Yes, uh, uh, aviation is not excelling. I wouldn't uh, call it excelling uh, in letting innovation go into daily operations too easy, because it's, uh, it, uh, we've got uh, quite strict uh, legislation uh, around uh, certification of aircraft. We are still using engines that are 60 year old, based on 60 year old um, designs. And not because uh, we couldn't have better ideas, but because they are proven.
1: Yep. Yep. We have the data. I mean, the plane I learned on here in Austin is older than you are and older than I am. Um, And that's uh, and it runs well, you know, it's maintained well. But uh, you know, I'd be very surprised if somebody told me that they learned how to drive on a car from 1977.
0: Uh, um Yeah, and even, even it's it's in me. Like when, when we came here with my family uh two months ago, uh flying through the ocean, my, my wife just asked, How old is this airplane we are flying with? And <laughs> I said, like over. it's 25, 25 years old. Oh, holy that's 25 years old airplane, and <laughs> we are just about to cross the ocean with it. Yep. And I said yes, and I actually I'm happier to cross the ocean with a 25 year old aircraft that is proven mm-hmm. than with a seven eight seven that just came out of the factory last month because yeah. uh, it's just that's how we that's how we work so uh but someone needs to take the risk uh to uh to to do innovation, and someone have has to uh keep that risk. At an acceptable level, right? So yep. it's it's a it's a delicate balance of uh, of the two sides of of the coin.
1: You know, I always think about it with flying. I think about you know any time I go fly, I know of course the safest thing is to stay at home in bed. Yeah. You know, I but, mean, too. Uh, but uh, uh,
0: with this attitude, we should stay at home in bed, right? <laughs> All day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's not what we are living for, I would say.
1: I I completely agree. I completely agree. I want to um, I want to do two things. First, I want to thank you for uh, giving this interview in uh, in English. I don't speak any Hungarian, so I really hey. appreciate it. And I know you speak multiple languages. Sorry for uh, so excuse my you.
0: English. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> still still not there when it comes to. Uh, uh too complicated phrasing of my thoughts but
1: not at all and i know you speak some german as well and and well i I
0: understand i understand german and but uh, yeah i would call myself much less of a german speaker than than hungarian or english
1: sure 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 i i took mandarin in college and it's it's I, i would not be giving an interview actually i don't even remember the word for interview in chinese
0: well, that's uh, that's fun too, to to learn languages, I guess.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask, um, you know, we've gone through a lot today. If there's anything that you'd like to add?
0: Well, uh, there's one thing. the the fact that uh, that the, this interview is uh, so I'm I'm the subject of this interview. Does not mean that there are no others working on this project that made mm. it possible so far. So I just want to express uh, uh, my thankfulness to both uh, the my Hungarian colleagues uh, uh, and also the the people from from the U.S. that, uh, that picked this thing up and. Uh, and uh, facilitated to get where we are at uh, so um that's the best uh, best time of my life and i'm i'm, I'm very very uh, uh uh grateful for for them just as well as my family because you know uh behind every successful man there's a successful woman as well so yep we all know that uh that was all i wanted to add and i i wish uh the best for all of us, uh, for all the people that are dealing with this, uh, this uh, challenge. Uh, we will have some competitors, of course, mm-hmm. but I don't consider them as competitors. I consider them as uh, uh, others working on uh, trying to solve the same uh, problems, t- trying to uh, pursue the same dream of, uh, of humanity.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. I think it's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I, I hope it's going to be a bright, bright future and I appreciate your, your contribution to it as well. Thank you, Kevin. Wonderful. All right. Well, that'll be a wrap for today. Um, I want to say again, thank you to Blas for joining us from, from Lift Aircraft. And if you haven't, I haven't seen the project. Uh, there are real videos of it flying at liftaircraft.com. I got to see a, a test flight yesterday, which was really exciting. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be seeing you next time.